you are an entrepreneur, a professional, a speaker, or a coach, and although you've come a long way, it's time for you to take it to the next level. We've got you. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. We'll help you use authority and influencer marketing to build your business stronger and faster by publishing a book. You'll hear from guests that are thought leaders in sales, marketing, networking, communication, social media, promotion, and business leadership. Let's do it. This is the Author to Authority Podcast. And now your host, the extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today, if you've ever wondered whether your conversational skills can make the difference in your business, then you want to make sure that you tune in to today's episode. And I want to welcome Talia Jacqueline. And of course, I love that name because Jacqueline's my middle name. Spelled the exact same way. So very easy for me. Now, they say communication is everything, but according to Talia, without the psychology, communication is nothing. Talia started a trauma therapy practice at the age of 21. What she realized as a coach and consultant is that it doesn't matter how valuable you are if you can't communicate it. That's how Visceral was born, a training company in communications. Today, Talia works with C-suite and sales teams of financial firms managing $5 billion in assets. Working with business leaders, entrepreneurs, and their most valuable team members, Talia has helped companies apply the psychology of communication to generate the recognition, traction, and growth that they deserve. Welcome to the show, Talia. Thanks so much for having me, Kim. Appreciate that really beautiful intro. (laughs) So today, I'm excited for this conversation, but before we get into the training section, this is your first time on the Author to Authority podcast, so I'd love for you to just take a few minutes and and go more into depth into your business story and, you know, why is communication so important to you? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I'm honored to be on your show. I uh, I love the name too, Author to Authority. For me, communication is really all about how you emotionally connect with other people. And I think that we're living in a world where that's more important than ever. I know AI is a really hot topic and it's something everyone's talking around in terms of your online content and communication and other things. But I fundamentally believe that in business, we're always going to be interacting with people. At the end of the day, people are purchasing what we are selling in a product or a service. And so for me, I learned really, really young the importance of being able to effectively communicate in a way that creates this emotional connection with another person instead of them just looking to the others, just looking to their, to their left or to their right eyes glazing over you falling on deaf ears. And I specifically really focus on helping people with their pitch and how they sell themselves. So um, that's, that's really what I, I believe we're living in a world today where it's more important than ever for people to learn the skill of offline conversations. Mm. So you said in your bio there that you started in trauma therapy. So talk a little bit more about that and how that translated into, you know, starting your own business. Yeah. You know, I think like most entrepreneurs, I definitely was one of them went through something pretty 
traumatic or painful and as a child had been through a lot of abuse. And when I was in college and kind of even before college was very interested in understanding therapy and psychology because I wanted to understand how to heal myself and how to grow past stuff that had happened. And I just think it's so interesting. I think a lot of the times we build businesses around our own pain points and I think that's the beauty of it. So for me at the time, I was fascinated by psychology yet in school, in undergrad, I truly was not learning what I felt I needed to learn to apply it in real life for myself. And I wanted like the fast track to understanding trauma. And so I ended up hiring a company out in Canada and went through a really immersive training that was kind of unconventional, but really powerful. They were working with a lot of veterans and people who had been abused. And it was a group of about 10 doctors who were using these methodologies to help their clients heal mind, body, soul, all things. And within six months of going through that training for myself, I was a completely different person, Kim. I mean, I went from being a shell of a human being when I walked into a room to people even remembering my presence in a room, the training itself. And it was really mind blowing. And and we went through even more trainings and deep. And it was just one of those types of experiences where you really had to put your reps in to understand like this was not textbook. This was putting your hours in both self-processing some stuff and then doing with other people. And I thought this was my like life's passion, purpose. I was like, I am here to create trauma therapy practice where I can help women, especially, and other people who had been through crazy things, overcome them faster than traditional therapy. And so that was my mission. And I was I was in my young 20s at the time living in New York, going to events on meetup.com just to even learn how to start networking. And I could not get past the what do you do question. People would ask me and I'd be like, I have a coach. And they'd be like, oh, that's so cute. Or I'd say, you know, I work with people to help heal their trauma. And I just constantly, no matter what I tried in terms of my pitch and the words I was kind of grasping to use, nothing landed. And it was really painful because I think most entrepreneurs and anyone listening who has a lot of value inside but somehow can't communicate that value. It's really hard because you really want to help people. And that was my very visceral, you know, experience at the time that really made me pause Mm -hmm. and think about how much it didn't matter, what I knew how to do and how I knew how to help people and what I invested in learning. It really mattered how I communicated it. And so that is when I went down a very long road and and kind of rabbit hole around learning communication and understanding nonverbals and understanding tone and understanding all the other components that are so much more than our words. Yes. And that is how visceral, the next thing that evolved from a pain point was born. But for me, it was so much more about working with companies who, I mean, everyone has this problem. You can be an amazing company, but if you don't have the right positioning and you don't know how to communicate your value, you as the CEO could communicate your value. But if your team doesn't know how to communicate it, there's just all these barriers. So for me, I just, I have so much fun with that and and teaching people just the skill of communication. You know, I love what you said there about, you know, it doesn't matter how great a company you have. And, And I have found that to be very true that you can have the best company in the whole world but if you can't if people can't see the value that you present you don't have a company exactly yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm curious did you ever figure out what it was that you wanted to say I did actually and it is 
I actually just did a TEDx talk about this very topic and this title of how do you answer? What do you do? And I'll give everyone a little glimpse to the answer. And, and I, I poured my heart into those 15 minutes and I, and I know there are a lot of takeaways. So I'll leave you with that as a follow up. But one of the things that, that really changed the game, which is a very big part of what we teach companies in this role is understanding how to use emotion the right way and recognizing that in a world where we obsess obsess over words. We're obsessing it still, even with the introduction of AI, which is changing the game for a lot of businesses. We're obsessing over content. And I think that all those things are incredible tools. I do, because you can definitely boost, you know, stuff that you're doing with that. However, it's the emotional connection that will never, ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever be replaced. And so yeah, uh, that is something that I, I, I have a specific process for around how you use certain emotions to communicate your passion and to communicate the problem that you want to solve. And and that actually is the thing that changed the game for me. At the time when people asked me what I did with my trauma practice, here's what I would say, Kim. Instead of saying, I'm a life coach, I'm a therapist, instead of using the titles that we all use, I said, well, it really pisses me off when I meet people. It breaks my heart when I meet people who have been through a trauma and are still 20 years into healing. Love it. Can't do that. It, it kills me because that's not natural. We're not meant to go through something and then spend our whole life trying to overcome it in a way that debilitates us. And yeah. so that was the answer. And that is the that was the conversation starter at the time that opened up a lot of conversations. Love that. Love that. And so audience, I want what I want you to grasp from this and is that you do not have to have your introduction the same as everyone else. You don't, don't want to be. Yeah. Don't be like everybody else. Be different. And when you're different, that's when you stand out. And that's when you remembered. There's a reason why when I introduce myself, I introduce, introduce myself as Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja. Cause guess what? People won't remember my name, but they'll remember that I'm that, aren't you that, you're that word ninja lady, right? Yeah, I am. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how we, uh, you know, we, we compare ourselves and we compete against what we, we see everyone else doing. And I think it's so the contrary. It's so the opposite. I think it's doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. and, And you're usually more on the nose when you do that. Now. That being said, at least being able to answer the question in a coherent sentence is a start. I agree. (laughs) You know, so if you're at the point, audience, where you're kind of like, you can't even answer the question, you're like, well, well, you see, like. That's a problem. (laughs) Right. So at least at least if you can start with, you know, your name and who do you help and how do you help them? uh, You're already (laughs) ahead of the game. Yeah. So take it to the next level and really hit on, on that emotion. Like Talia said, that is going to make a huge difference in the results that you see. Yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, Talia, I know you've come prepared with some teaching training and some real practical advice. So I'm going to let you loose for a few minutes to share on that. And then we're going to talk about it. Yeah, no, I would be happy to. I'll, uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a really specific actionable thing that you can use. And so when I talk about conversational intelligence, and that's not something that I 
you know, have coined as mine. It's just a term that I like using because I think we focus a lot on over the years, we focused a, focused a lot on emotional intelligence and we focus a lot on, in a way, relational intelligence. And those are really important factors. But I think that it's all about how you in the moment are able to kind of pivot and tweak. And and it's not a one size fits all because a person, every single person that you talk to is going to be a little different. So for me, conversational intelligence is very much about reading someone's body language, reading some of their cues that have you know that they're interested. So for everyone watching right now, even Kim in your body language, Kim, where you're nodding, that's that tells me that you're with me, that you're in agreement, that we can yeah. keep talking about this. But if Kim was just like, you know, looking off to the side or looking down. I mean, if I did not have a co- like level of conversational intelligence and I just kept talking, that kind of be a problem because I'm not attuned or listening to her level of engagement. And so a lot of the times what I find really interesting is that when we're in a networking setting or we're in a prospecting setting or when we're, we're in a setting at any time in business where we have to sell our value and, and really talk about ourselves, I think a lot of the times we don't get the right signals and then we keep going. We don't get the engagement and, and we kind of overlook that and, and we kind of fire away. And so, so it's a lot of different things. And, and without being able to unpack all of what conversational intelligence is, I'll give you one really small tidbit um, that is really actionable. So it's kind of connected to what I, when Kim just asked me, when you just asked me, Kim, what did I finally land on as my answer to what do I do? And I said, you know, it really breaks my heart or it really pisses me off when people go through a trauma and it takes them forever to heal. So there's a lot of psychology behind the emotions of anger and passion. And so uh, this is one of our biggest teachings at the very beginning. And then there's a whole rabbit hole of other psychology. But um, there are a lot of studies around something called approach emotions. And so Approach emotions have very similar, similar, similar levels of cortisol that gets spiked. They have similar characteristics. It's kind of fight or flight, but not always fight. It just wants an emotion that makes you want to do something about something. Yes. Approach the situation and resolve. And so just like a lot of people know, I'm sure everyone listening here knows and has heard once before that when you're nervous, you're also excited. Nervousness and excitement is on the same spectrum of an emotion. And that is actually true for actually true for almost all emotions. Every single emotion has a spectrum where it has an opposite, like happy, sad, pain, pleasure. And one of the emotions that are extremely overlooked in business is the anger. Mm. A lot of people have a hard time connecting with anger, speaking of trauma in the past, because they've experienced against them and they think yeah. and label it as emotion. And, uh, Actually, when you act on anger instead of acting out anger, it's a really, really powerful emotion behind how you talk about what you do. So this was literally the title of my TED Talk and everything. I walked through a three-step process in that thing around how to use anger way and referencing really incredible examples from history. Some of the greatest speakers will um, improvise their tenor speeches that will go down in history because they were able to tap into the emotion of anger and use it the right way. So, so that, that's a really tangible thing that I think everyone can at least reflect on is, you know, the thing that pisses you off, the thing that makes you so aggravated is the thing you actually have something to do about and have to do something about. And so if instead of having your elevator pitch that's super buttoned up and pitch perfect or whatever, all the words together, strung together, if instead of having that, 
you were able to learn how to just communicate emotion powerfully. I promise every single one of you listening, you're going to captivate people a lot more than if you went through your kind of traditional. So that's one specific um, that that we just talk a lot about and and really teach people is, is the emotion of anger and the emotion are on the same spectrum. And if you can accept that and then understand, use it, your whole communications. It's like two same coin. It is. Yeah. And, and I, then, you know, when you can use that anger and, you know, anger and passion, right? Like those are the sides of the coin, right? You know, I, I'm so angry about this. I'm so pissed off about this, about the situation, but here's what I'm passionate about. Exactly. Uh, when you can use those types of words, you can't say those words and not be because yeah. you talked about body language, right? And when you're using those words, you can't use those words without doing them in a confident way. You can't say, I'm angry about something. Yeah. Like, no one's going to believe, right? You, yeah. You've got to have that that confidence behind it. And I think when you can when you can do those types of words, and it, and it doesn't mean that you don't practice them, because you have to, yeah, right? Like, you know, you do practice what you say. Yeah. But what's more important is the the tone, the confidence behind it. Letting a little bit of that passion and, and that anger out, I think, is is one of the key things to, you know, using that in an incredible way that grabs people's attention. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that's so true. You're so right about the body language when you're really connecting to the emotion itself. It's also worth mentioning that a lot of people you know, overcompensate and overproject things um, because there's a lack of total, I don't know, connection to what they're doing themselves. And so I think that in a world where, you know, I, I think what's going to start happening, honestly, is that, um, the importance of, you know, sounding the way that you sound online and being who you are both on the internet and in person and just having this consistency is so important and even consistency between what you're saying and what you're projecting. So when people, you know, are talking about what they do and are lacking that confidence, but are talking about confidence, I think that that's an incongruency. And I think that we're going to just kind of, I think we're the importance of the two being the same, like who you are and what you do and what you say in words and the tone that people feel from you are more important than ever. And the good news is that if you are emotionally connected to what you do, you're going to shine out you're going to shine a lot brighter than the people. Um, so I think that just becomes this competitive advantage that no one can really take from you because if you know how to talk and light up a room and sound alive, when you speak, you're going to be heard a lot more. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I love your point. You can't, you can't really fake it when it's real, but a lot of people try to fake it, which is really interesting. Yeah. If you really cycle up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about body language. Cause I, I think people don't understand the correlation between the two because sometimes you can be saying one thing and your body language be something totally different and you don't even realize you're doing it. So let's talk a little bit about this a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. A lot of, uh, I, I have been in many, 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 many trainings where a lot of people will lead with body language and teach people how to, it's kind of like chicken or egg. You know, you've heard of like power positions where you stand, you know, 
in a certain way. And that changes the way that you project and, and your confidence. And I think that that's very, very true. In my school of thought and in what I believe is that like the body follows the mind. So like yes. the body language is going to follow going on in your head. And I think that's why it's so much more important to, again, before you start, you know, trying to communicate and blast people with what you do, really stopping and, and, and making sure that there's this connection between who you are as a person and what you do for your work and making yeah. sure that there's no separation between, between yeah. things. Um, and, and also I think mentally, whatever lack of confidence or insecurity or fear or scarcity that, that you might feel, it's so important to understand why that's happening so that you can reframe that and then project something else. But to me, you know, I think your body very much follows your mind. So when you are feeling extremely passionate about something and you connect to anger and passion, your body language follows, like you said. I love that they're about, um, you know, the insecurities and the fears and, and the feel about yourself. Things do come through, you know, we've all heard the saying, fake it until you make it. And you can do that certain degree. But I think if you really want to really make it, uh, sometimes you have to deal with the inner stuff. Yeah, you do. And I think one of the first things, and I think it's there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm in a situation right now where uh, we've moved. We're in a totally new situation at 52, I am now having to reprove myself, people, because I'm. Uh, we've moved across the country, shifted jobs, diff- a whole bunch of different things. And so now, you know, where I've been in the same place for over 30 years, I had established a reputation. People knew me. They trusted me. They recognized my leadership abilities. And yet now I'm in a spot where knows me. <laughs> And we're starting over again. And it's been quite the interesting experience. And I've, I've come to recognize that there's some things in myself that I hadn't dealt with. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, I've got to recognize it. So, you know, when I'm feeling a certain way or when I'm starting to act a certain way, I have to stop and go, okay, why am I doing this? What's, what's motivating me yeah. to behave like this? And at that, I'm like, okay, I know what that is. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not expected. Um, you know, people aren't seeing my leadership skills. Like I've been doing this for 30 years. Can you not see it? Like, shouldn't yeah. it be the obvious? And, yeah. and so um, recognizing that is been a good tool for me to go, okay, I need to back up. Sometimes I need to slow down. Yeah. We're in the middle of the process. And we have to let the process play out. And I have to know and trust that I leave in myself. And in time, others will see it as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And I think that that's a, I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure a lot of people relate to that. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple months ago who to Austin um, from another country too. And it's like in a very similar place. She's needing to kind of build herself with a totally new reputation, even though she's been doing what she's been doing for a long time. And, and I want to go back to a quote that you brought up of fake it till you make it. Cause that's something that I think floats a lot around in the business world. Mm-hmm. I really believe it's fake it until you become it. And then you don't fake it. Anymore. I, I yeah. like it. And, and I, and I think that really changes it because it's not something that you have to keep faking or making you at a certain point become 
who you say you are and what you say you do. And when it's more of an identity, it's more unshakable than when it's a belief. So, so that's something that I, I talk a lot about and think a lot about around our identities in business and making sure that they're all kind of congruent, but it's, um, yeah, I think everyone has those moments where there's, you know, a moment of insecurity or every, I think it's a good sign of growth. I, I did another podcast with a guy named Tyler Martin, who, who's so cool. Um, he has, he has a great show too. And, and we were talking about imposter syndrome. We talked about imposter syndrome in business and the shifting perspective that imposter syndromes, I don't know if it's actually a good thing because it actually means that you're, you're becoming someone you think you're not, which means coming more. And I think if people had that shift in perspective, a lot of the things that we think are our mindset issues are no longer mindset. They're action issues um, or issues at all. So I think that's uh, just an interesting different twist on fake it until you become it. Yeah. You know, the one thing I learned about imposter syndrome reasons why it it hits a person or an entrepreneur so hard is because they truly care about their customers and their clients and they 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 want to make sure that that they get what they deserve and sometimes it's like okay i be that person that gives deserve i'm gonna throw a question um just because something i was thinking about just before the call you talked we talked about the fact that you're you're kind of thinking about maybe writing a book yeah so talk talk a little bit about that because that's not usually when we have people on the show either not an author at all or and they don't want to be or they are already an author so I would just love to hear your perspective a little bit uh, as someone who's just thinking about writing a book no um I I have uh I've been writing a long time I I, I find writing is a, it's a form of therapy for me. And it is where my ideas, like most people, um, come through. There's a book I read recently, a year ago, actually, called Artist's Way, uh, Cameron. And it's, uh, it's probably one of the best books I've ever read around your kind of reigniting creativity and your, your, your expression and how you, creativity in general. And, uh, and that book has a process called the morning pages where every single day you write two pages of whatever is in your brain. You don't ever read it again. It's just more of like a, it's a brain dress, she calls yes. it. And I've been doing that. And it's, uh, it's just, yeah, something that I, I find a lot of joy in actually. So, so for me, I, I don't even think I'm thinking about writing a book. I, I'm actually really committing to writing a book, really getting clear on what what I want to write about. And I, I think for me, it's probably come down to uh, completely changing the way we answer that question of what do you do and bringing more awareness around a lot of the psychology behind how you communicate and the emotional connection that you actually have to build in order to be heard. And so it'll be along alongside those, those kind of thoughts, but nice. um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really going to dedicate a lot of time towards building that out over the next, oh, it's something that I I've always wanted to do. And honestly, Kim, I don't know if you've uh, talked to a lot of people who have gone through the TEDx experience through that yourself, but the process of writing a book is, uh, is like writing a book because it has to be 15, 18 minutes or less. You aim for a little, a, lo- a little shorter than that. And, uh, it was so fun for me. Like it was, it was really so fun to kind of get so, pre- you have to get so precise and so specific with one idea. 
and then, mm-hmm. you know, start big and chunk that down. And it was just something I really enjoyed doing. So I think a lot of more, a lot more writing and probably speaking mm-hmm. kind of ahead for, for me. I just really enjoy it. But uh, maybe we'll circle back when I come back, come up with a title for my. <laughs> oh, that is awesome, Talia. So we are just about out of time. So what I would love for you to do is to share a final thought and then uh, share how people can connect with you. And if you have any freebies, giveaways, that kind of thing. Um, If they've enjoyed today's conversation and they want a little bit, how can they connect? So one final thought. Um, I fundamentally believe this. And I think that it's not about, you know, what you do or how you do. I don't even think it's about why you do it. I really believe it comes back to just who you are and how all of your experiences and everything that you've been through makes you uniquely, uniquely equipped to solve the problems that you solve. And so I would really just, that's the takeaway, hopefully more than that in today's session, but, but really thinking about, you know, when someone asks you, what do you do? How do you answer it with who you are as a person um, and really get that through with the way you express emotions? And so um, that would be the final thought. And honestly, I, I'm going to give y'all just the name of the TED talk to look up because there's so much tangible stuff to walk away with from that. And, uh, that would be more of like my, it's my gift to the world. Uh, so it's the TEDx is, is by me, Talia Jack. I'll ditch the pitch, ditch the pitch, um, captivate people beyond. I'm silent here because I'm actually typing this episode. <laughs> that's the that's thing I want to lead you to. And if, of course, I love to see the people in. So I'm on the That's my giveaway. So would there be a website that they could go to? Like, is there like a TED Talk website that they could find this on? Um, there's no TED Talk website. It's on my personal website, Talia Jacqueline, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E.com. And then if you want, if you're curious about what we're doing with Visceral, that website is visceral, V-I-S-C-E-R-A-L, co.com. Um, so those would be the best two places if you wanted to read about me, <laughs> connect with me, uh, LinkedIn's best platform for that. Awesome. Cool. Wow, what a wonderful conversation. I have enjoyed this. Thank you. Thanks this, for me. You're welcome. This has been Talia Jacqueline and Kim Thompson-Pinder. Kim Jacqueline Thompson-Pinder <laughs> on the Authority Authority Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the very next episode. Bye. You've been listening to the Author to Authority Podcast. The extraordinary word ninja, Kim Thompson Pinder, has helped over 200 entrepreneurs, professionals, speakers, and coaches write and publish their books that have become incredible marketing tools for their business. And many of those have gone on to become Amazon best-selling authors and have used their books to land high-level clients and get on big stages. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.author2authoritypodcast.com. See you next time.